Welcome to Can We Still Be Friends, the podcast that tests the limits of the friendship between two people who mistake movie taste for personal morality. I'm Nate Gost here with Ryan Ebling. Hello. Usually on our podcast, we revisit movies that we've seen before and have formed strong opposing opinions about. But in this episode, we're watching a movie that neither of us has seen. That being said, since this movie came out the year after I was born and the same year Ryan was born, it is still a revisiting of sorts as we revisit the year 1984 and celebrate the 30th anniversary of the release of Gremlins. If you took our poll on canwestillbefriends.net, you know that Gremlins was the fourth highest grossing movie of 1984, breaking in um, about $148,170,000 at the box office. Um, it has a score of 84% on RottenTomatoes.com, which kind of surprised me. It seemed high for critical acclaim, but sure. Um, but I, I feel like Pretty often people speak of this movie lovingly. You probably won't be surprised to learn that it didn't win any major awards. Shocking. Right. But one of Gremlin's most lasting memories is, and I think we'll talk about this later, is its hand in bringing about the PG-13 rating. Um, so the question is, how well does this movie hold up? Will it connect with me and or Nate as it did with audiences in 1984? Or will we recoil in pain like a mogwai at a photo shoot? you've got to follow. Yeah, what kind of rules? Keep him out of the light. He hates bright light, especially sunlight. It'll kill him. And keep him away from water. Don't get him wet. But the most important rule, the rule you can never forget, no matter how much he cries, no matter how much he begs, never, never feed him after midnight. You got it? Sure, kid, whatever you say. Hey, listen, thanks, and have a Merry Christmas. Well, Ryan, I certainly hope you were taking notes of those rules. I was, yeah. Well, good. Uh, so here we frequent baths, right? Was rule one. Um, you know, I already forgot. <laughs> we're, we're I'm sure it'll this. be fine. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to our. This is our seventh episode. Can you believe that? I we're, can't. This is uh, seventh episode where we're talking about Gremlins, mm -hmm. and it's seven episodes in, and we're already changing up the format. Why are we talking about Gremlins? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I thought you knew. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we're talking about Gremlins because it's the 30th anniversary of Gremlins being released. 1984. Um, that might be shocking news June to some 8th, of you. June 8th, So right. it is actually even coming up as far as the calendar year goes. Yes, we're yes. getting so close we're, to that date. We're more on the ball than we usually are. Um, and even though we enjoy talking about movies that we've seen and arguing about, um, you know, our feelings about them, I think we both want to fill in gaps in our movie knowledge and gremlins seems to be one of those movies that um is in the general consciousness a lot people sort of assume you've seen gremlins right um i even had if you can believe it i had a uh i didn't even because i hadn't seen the movie this whole time, I didn't know the name of the character, but I had a gizmo backpack in kindergarten <laughs> that I wore, That's but I fun. had no idea where it came. It came from my dad's work convention, but, oh. um, but he, uh, 
Yeah. I had no idea what it was referencing and, and just went along naively and was probably laughed at for it. Yeah. <laughs> that might be. So, yeah, I, I think it's good uh, part of our discourse to discuss new movies. And I think even if we don't sharply disagree, we're going to enjoy talking about it and uh, parsing out what we feel about the movies and what the takeaway is maybe even if there isn't much of a takeaway. And I think statistically as a listener, you're more than likely coming into this already knowing more than we did uh, because, because you've probably seen gremlins. So you can sort of laugh at our, uh, our take on gremlins, yeah. uh, our 20, our, our 2014 take on 1984's gremlins, right. a fresh, a fresh perspective, <laughs> yeah. if you will. I think we both just felt that this was something the world needed. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. No question about it. So we usually talk about what we thought about the movie, um, before we rewatch it, you know, what our impressions were the first time around. We don't have any impressions, but do you, st- I, I mean, like I said, this movie's kind of in the general consciousness. Did you have ideas about this movie when you were a kid or did it not appeal to you? Is that why you've never seen it or? Yeah. I mean, we talked about already. This is such a part of the culture. It's not like this had been movie that I didn't hear about until just a few yeah. years ago. Right, it's like right. Gremlins. What is this? <laughs> Gremlins. It sounds great. Let's watch it. No, yeah. it was basically that, um, th- this was a movie that I, I think, it's a movie that I was never exposed to probably because I don't, I just don't think that my, my parents were all that into it. I mean, mm. I think they probably saw it uh, really? and, and they weren't the kind of parents that would necessarily shy me away from this movie. Although I wouldn't necessarily blame them for that at yeah. that age. Um, but I think that compared to other movies that were out at the time and we should talk about the year 1984 cause yes. it's pretty huge actually, but um, it's just not a movie that was ever shown to me as a kid mm-hmm. and I didn't have any friends that watched it. I mean, I wonder if I was, uh, when it came out, I was only a year old. So <laughs> I wonder if I was a little young for it. <laughs> you might, <laughs> might have been, yeah. When it first came out. But, I, yeah. um, and I don't know. Do you know, was this a movie that was heavily televised? Because I don't remember seeing it on I don't TV. Know. I don't know. I know that's interesting that you said We didn't that. have cable. So I don't yeah, know. I didn't about either. Cable. I didn't have cable. I, I don't know. Because people, when they were talking about the choices for the vote, which we'll get to later, a lot. Of, I heard a lot of people say, you know, I have to pick this one because it's that movie that whenever it's on TV, I watch it. Right. And I, I, I haven't heard anybody say that about Gremlins. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, that's just some very circumstantial so evidence. So I feel like maybe I'm making excuses now for why I didn't see Gremlins, but, you know, I that's guess okay. it just never really, it never really did come up until I got to be of a certain age where all of a sudden it seemed like, Everybody Everyone had, seen, had it. seen it but me. And right. I don't know when this happened, these secret viewings <laughs> that people were having behind my back. <laughs> yeah, why are, why are people hanging out without me? Right. Now, I, I think my mom listens to these, so I'll have to be careful what I say about being, uh, you know, kept from watching movies. Sure. Because I feel like there were times where I was like, you never let me watch that TV show and be like, and my mom would say, I did not not let you, that was your nap time. I I was still in the womb when this movie was released, so I would venture to guess that I was a little too young for the movie, too. Um, It wasn't the in-womb movie of the (laughs) the time. It wasn't. (laughs) Um, But I I do think that this was probably a movie that my parents kept me from seeing. Okay. um, Because... I I don't blame that. Yeah, no, I don't either. I don't have a problem with that. I probably would have been pretty terrified. Um, my, My recollections of the movie really... There was this one kid I knew who, whether he saw them or was just interested in them and talked about them a lot, he watched a lot of like Friday the 13th, like, or at least again, talked about them. 
Um, and he also talked a lot about Gremlins. So I, in my head, associated Gremlins with scarier movies, adult movies. Um, and I mean, the images, the fleeting images I remember of it don't, you know, contradict that. Um, so I always was a little bit, uh, I guess, afraid of this movie, sight unseen, mm-hmm. and had associations with a fairly odd kid whose parents wouldn't let him have, like, a butter knife at the dinner table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. So your associations with it were they they tended to lean more on the horror side mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm, film. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I always never really knew a whole lot about the horror side. I knew it was there, but for me, it was always about the cute, the cute furry oh, gremlin. The oh, sure, you had him on the the backpack. I had him on the backpack. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to me, um, and and um, I think even I was kind of reading up on this movie, um, the promotion for the movie now i was too young to know it what it was at the time but the movie was actually pitched i think originally from the studios um not uh not necessarily what the director wanted or spielberg wanted but um that the the movie was pitched in light of et as being sort of like another type of et movie and really focused on the focused on the cutesy elements of this movie uh, which is very misleading yeah um but that's what they thought would sell. Oh, so yeah, I think sure maybe that's subconsciously or at some point what mm. I saw most of. And the horror element I knew was there. Um, it, it's on the, the box or the poster or whatever you see. You see the shadow of this monster. Right. But um, it never really was what I thought about when I thought about Gremlins. Hmm. After seeing it, I realized I was wrong because my impression of the Gremlins was that they were mischievous. Not really, you know, like they were they were just real stinkers. <laughs> not like... <laughs> out to kill people right um so that was actually kind of shocking when i watched it I, I, this time i i didn't i hadn't even figured that out until to, when i watched it that's crazy to think about that you can have something that's so popular in the culture and yet still read it completely wrong yeah uh, or miss an entire huge part of it yeah know? yeah i i don't know because even though it is you know widely seen I don't think it's like it's referenced a lot. I don't think it's not treated the way a lot of other things where it wasn't parodied in other right. things, which is kind of how I found out about a lot of stuff is seeing it parodied in cartoons or whatever. Um, I, I think a lot of my knowledge of film comes from Animaniacs. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. All the, all the references they made where I'm like laughing at an Orson Welles impression that I have no idea what, okay, that, that was a deep exactly. voice. That's funny. Or, yeah. And then I kind of piece it together as I see more things. I only saw the Godfather in light of the <laughs> God the good, pigeons or the good, well, pig- the good, good pigeon. What's it? Good feathers. Good feathers. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You got it. And the God pigeon. Yeah. So, so I think it's kind of an odd movie that was, uh, super popular when it came out. And, I almost wonder if so many of our peers have seen it because their parents liked it. Because most of the people we know, I mean, when we went to college, they're obviously our age. Right. So they would have been too young to see it when it came out too. So I I don't know if it was just parents seeing it, enjoying it, and then the kids watching it later. Um, But it's not like other things where you hear it quoted. I don't, don't, yeah, and I don't There's no quotable line, really. I feel like when I was talking about how we were going to be doing this as our next podcast with people, the best I could get, I think a lot of people had a a real 
affectation toward the film, but it never came. It was always basically gremlins. I love that movie or that's a great movie or that's a really fun movie. Like, yeah. and then they, that's about where it ends. Like yeah. it doesn't, they don't quote a line from it or yeah. uh, say even their favorite scene or right. anything like that. But there's just, there is a sort of, uh, deep love for this movie for a certain generation who probably wasn't even of age to watch it when it came out. Yeah. It's a very strange thing. It is. It is. And even now, having seen it, I can't think of a line to quote. I did know. I mean, I did know that you didn't get them. You had to make sure not to get them wet. Uh, like, I knew the rules about yeah. them. But I didn't know what happened when the rules were broken or whatever. Right. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the year... 1984 bring yeah. our poll back into this because sure. it is a fascinating year to look at with film mm-hmm. but i didn't realize it until we started looking at this getting ready for this episode and looking at what is coming up as far as anniversaries and so yeah. obviously anything coming out in 84 it's their 30th anniversary so right. all these movies are celebrating their 30th anniversary um this year yeah and boy there's a ton of them yeah I mean, it's let's surprising just, to see what came out that year let's just talk about the top five grossing these were what were on our poll mm-hmm. um and so if you didn't get a chance to check that on our website, can we still be friends.net? Let me just go over them for you. The top grossing movie of the 1984 was uh, Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. um, followed by Ghostbusters, um, followed by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Then it's Gremlins and then it's Karate Kid. I mean, you're talking about just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. These are all movies that are part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And what is absolutely crazy to me that I just found out um, doing you know a little bit of research for this podcast, Ghostbusters and Gremlins came out the same day. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of crazy. Some of the, some of the biggest horror comedies ever. Yeah. Same yeah. day. What was going on in the minds of the, you know, the studios? The studios and the culture around yeah. where that was kind of like... This is where we're at in 1984, right. is this very interesting mix of horror and comedy. Yeah, and I also I, I noticed it's also sort of the year of obsession with Asian mystery because yeah. you've got like <laughs> Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom mm-hmm. and Karate Kid all sort of bringing in this very Chinese mysticism that like... And like not really trying like, to understand it. Just no, 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 <laughs> just, just like, uh, so he's in a shop in Chinatown. Like, sure. And, like, and he finds a weird yeah. thing. Of course. Um, it's just but, this vague mysticism of yeah, the East. But even know? like the little kid that he meets in Chinatown reminded me a ton of... The, Short round and... yeah. Well, yeah. Like he's wearing the baseball, <laughs> the New York baseball cap. Like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, what was going on in 1984? Uh, something was in the water. But how did it shake out for people in 2014? Right. So let's talk about uh, the poll was asking which of these top five grossing films was your favorite. So we're not necessarily asking what you think is the best. Right. We're asking what you think was your favorite film. And just going, I think a lot of our listeners, not all of them, but a lot of them are around our age. So Mm -hmm. I think it is interesting to get this feedback and see what, you know, we were probably too young to really see these at their time, but we grew up with these movies. Yeah. So what were the ones that have sort of stood that guess you can say test of time it's 30 years i mean that just blows my mind that that's yeah. how long how old these movies are now that's how old we are yeah. too <laughs> let's just let's throw in the towel right now what's the point yeah. but okay. i was i i feel like i need to say now okay i was talking to one of the students at the high school i work at and she she said oh i hope i don't live past 30 and i was like <laughs> oh gosh anyway anyway <laughs> on that note <laughs> uh 
I'm basically dead yeah, to you might as well today's be. youth. Yeah. So with that, um, <laughs> walking corpses. Let's talk about the uh, the winner mm-hmm. in this poll. Um, I haven't which, seen the poll, so this is going to okay, be totally what, news to me. You know what? This poll was actually a little bit closer than I thought it would be. The, uh, the winner was kind of obvious to me. Uh, it wasn't a surprise, but the winner was Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a movie. I mean, they're trying to reboot. They've been trying to reboot it. And yep. even now, I think um, Harold Ramis just passed away not too long ago. And mm-hmm. so there, even in that sense, has been a little bit more of an interest in that movie just yeah. recently. You yep. know, And Bill Murray is still... Bill Murray, yeah, you know, so yeah. it's just a great classic film. Um, and then, uh, but after that following, uh, was, was my vote, uh, which is, uh, with 29% of the vote. Oh, by the way, Ghostbusters was 35%. I voted for Ghostbusters. You voted for, okay. We'll talk about that in a sec. My vote was for number two, 29%. I did not think there was going to be as many people with me, but Indiana Jones and the mm. Temple of Doom, the sequel. So. That is, that, yeah. I mean, I guess we weren't saying which Indiana Jones movie is your favorite, but, I do know that a lot of people really, like you, really do love that movie. I do, and I can't necessarily defend it uh, entirely cinematically, uh, but it's just one of those that I, it's another one that I've seen so many times I could probably quote back and forth. I think if I was going to be watching Indiana Jones trilogy, uh, I'm going to call it a trilogy, even though there is that fourth movie I'm going to try to forget, but um, if I had to watch it afresh, if I'd never seen these movies, honestly, Temple of Doom would probably be my least favorite, but yeah. it's my favorite just because it's what I grew up with. Yeah. And it's it's the strangest of the three by far. So now I think you know this. And I'm I'm ashamed <laughs> I to say. I wasn't gonna make you do this, but I think I you should. I, well, just full disclosure for our listeners. Uh I've never seen Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, nor have I seen the karate kid. So if you're still listening. Uh, let's hear the rest of that poll. I I don't really know what to say. I know you don't. <laughs> so I'm just going to move on. Thank you. Uh, I thought I would feel like a weight's been lifted, but it, I don't. It's getting heavy in here. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. All right. Speaking of movies that Ryan has never seen, following, <laughs> following Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom, we had, um, with 24% of the vote, we had The Karate Kid, another one that I love and have a very nostalgic affection for. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie. And um, we had that followed next up with 12% of the vote with Beverly Hills Cop. So really? Yeah. That's fourth? It beat fourth. Gremlins? It beat Gremlins. We didn't have a single oh. vote for the movie that we're talking about in this episode. Wow. So if you're still listening, that's we gotta, anecdotally, we I know you. there are tons of people who love that movie. I think that it was I just such a too. banner year for movies that it's just hard when you put, yeah. when you put them next to each other. Yeah. Gremlins just doesn't seem to win out. Hmm. You know, uh, I mean, we'll get more into this. We, uh, I'm, before I'm you go on, though, I, in, in, in okay. reference to the poll, I did. We had, we had shared a link to it on Facebook um, mm-hmm. and um uh, Eric, one of our listeners did comment on that link and the way I had phrased it just to kind of push the poll was, are you more of a gremlin or a karate kid? And in the comments he had said he was by far a gremlin Oh, uh, because he it, just didn't, because get, it wasn't Christmas until Miss Deagle flies out that window. That's <laughs> what he had said. So maybe he just, he just didn't feel like clicking the link Yeah, or, or, you know, but that was oh, only between those two. Maybe, so yeah, of sure, those five, sure. maybe gremlins isn't there. It doesn't surprise me that gremlins didn't beat um, Karate Kid, Temple of Doom, and Ghostbusters. But it does surprise me quite a bit that it beat Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Why is that? Well, 
you and I both watched Beverly Hills Cop this week too. Yeah, I, to prep, I kind of wanted to know. Yeah, it's the highest grossing movie. I want to get myself in that mindset of eighty four. Neither know? of us were very impressed. No, I. And I also don't know anybody. I I don't feel like I've really heard anybody talk about Beverly Hills Cop the way people talk about Gremlin. All the other, the other four. And Let me just say this too. This is kind of a side note. Um, when I'm when we're not doing this podcast, which believe it or not is not quite a full time job. Right. Um, I'm a librarian, and I order the movies for the library I work at, mm-hmm. and um, I have to weed the collection. Meaning, you got to pare it down when things are getting a little heavy in the, yeah. in the stacks. Beverly Hills Cop always comes up as a movie to be weeded because it's not going. Just out. doesn't get checked out. It doesn't get checked out. It yeah. does. It's a movie that does not get checked out. And um, I don't weed it because it's kind of a core classic. You can't get rid of it. But it's surprising that that's got votes. And yet all these other movies, at least at the library, check out way more than Beverly Hills Cop. Interesting. But I think Beverly Hills Cop was basically, here's some jokes, here's some action stuff, and Eddie Murphy will sell it to you. Yeah. And if you're not buying what Eddie Murphy's selling, the movie falls really flat. It falls really flat. It's There's not much to it other right. than Eddie Murphy's performance. Right. And I think that – I do think at its time, it probably – I kind of put myself in what's the, what's the similar thing that goes on today uh, where you have someone who is a comedian who's got that populist appeal because probably of SNL. And I, I was thinking of like Will Ferrell can put out anything mm. and mm-hmm. people will go see it and people will love it. That'll be interesting in 30 years in to 30 see what years, people think about Anchorman. What will people think of Anchorman? Like, are they going to look back and be like, why did people think this guy doing these off-putting characters was funny? Yeah, which I love Anchorman. Yeah, I, I do it's too. It's great, you know, but will it be one of those That'll movies be interesting. where 30 years from now, I'm the one defending it saying, oh, you just don't get it. Will yeah. Ferrell was like Kids the guy. You know, no, you got to know this. You got to know. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead? Uh, that's 1984. Um, let's go ahead and jump into talking about Gremlins. Okay. Um, what did you think of it? Let's, let's, should we start broad? Just go with what we thought our initial impressions. Yeah. Hard hitting question. Did you like it? I did. Oh, okay. So I guess we're going to kind of keep with our original format. (laughs) Really? I didn't love it. No. Really? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. But but I don't want to hear love. Did you like it? What are you asking me? Would I watch it again? I wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't. You didn't. You didn't care for it. it. No, really. Yeah, I. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say that. I. Not my cup of tea. Okay. Now, do you think that's it though? It's just not your cup of tea, or do you actually think that the movie is just doesn't work even at its own level? That it. I mean, I think there's a difference there. There's well, let's talk about what level it's trying to work at. Sure. Is it? What do you? What did? How did you perceive it? In liking it, what did you? think it's uh it was aspiring to um well part of what i liked about it was the sort of that maybe it didn't always know what it was aspiring to that it had this sort Mm -hmm. of um it gave it some charm i think Mm -hmm. it had this sort of schizophrenic nature to it and it was bouncing really in some ways uh, i guess you could either call it um jagged and sharp or you could call it sloppy uh sort of bouncing between comedy and horror yeah um this is a this is a this is if you look at the what people usually put it in as far as genre goes it's a horror comedy right you know or comedy, comedy horror, horror. Whatever, whatever you want to call it yeah um and i think that this movie at that level succeeds very well i mean i was laughing through a lot of it and i think that it's referencing a lot 
Uh, and it's yeah. one of the big things it's referencing, I think, is just a lot of the B-horror movies and mm -hmm. sort of B-movies in general. Yeah. Um, and so there is an awareness there mm -hmm. that I think it's playing off of, maybe not parodying necessarily, but definitely referencing and showing a sort of deep affection for or reverence for that style of movie that what what that sort of guttural feeling you get watching a B movie where it's so bad it's good kind I've never, of thing. Yeah. I've and never bought into that. You never did. No. I mean in any movie. The so bad it's good. I, I I don't I don't have patience for it. So like I mean I feel like a lot of um sort of maybe even that VHS video culture yeah. is built on that. that mm -hmm. It's built on this idea. I remember going to that. We're not really in this period now at all, but when I remember going to like the video store in high school and picking out the cheesiest horror film we could find just to watch it because we knew it was going to be funny. You know, yeah. ice cream man was one of them, <laughs> which was so great. Who's there? Happy day, nurse Wharton. Gregory, did you hear my dog? No, Nurse Wharton, I did not hear your dog. What's that on your nose? It's grenadine for my ice cream treats. Um, there's one I think that was called like Uncle Sam, and it was like a demonic, uh, you know, Uncle Sam that was just, Jeez. it was so bad. But we laughed so hard. And I just, maybe, maybe it's me pulling from that well of nostalgia when I yeah. watch Gremlins, but... I do think that there is um, even a lot of the 80s is filled with that type of comedy that appeals to the sort of juvenile in us, but mm. with an adult spin. Goonies fits into that as well, I think, um, yeah. you know, which is which is another Chris Columbus movie. Um, yeah, I I don't think I think that to call Gremlin so bad, it's a good I wouldn't even say that. A okay. But I would it, say that it's referencing it winks to that. It, it, yeah. That's the, uh, hmm. the, that's what it's kind of trying to tap into. I think is, is I think, I think if you looked at maybe what Joe Dante is even pulling from, he's pulling from like movies like the blob yeah. and, um, invasion of the body snatchers and, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of these other sort of, and that one's not even really a B movie, but just these older horror flicks and the way that they worked, you know? Yeah. And there are often, there are lots of, times that people are watching those B horror sci-fi movies in gremlins. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, you're right about that. Um, but again, that, that sort of thing has never appealed to me. I didn't have that experience. I think Joe Dante and Steven Spielberg, which is probably why Steven Spielberg as executive producer chose to work with Joe Dante. Um, I think Steven Spielberg like grew up on those movies. Mm -hmm. So for Joe Dante to be referencing that, that's, you know, they were of, similar minds in that it's just something that's never really appealed to me. I, I, I mean, as close as I, the, the closest I've come to liking that sort of thing is mystery science theater 3000, but that's yeah, because I, mean, I, I think those guys are funny, not because right. I think the movies are anywhere near enjoyable. That's not my biggest beef with the movie. If that's something that you liked about it, that's fine. Um, I just, I mean, I'm not going to fault the movie for not connecting with me on that. But you, you would say it fails in other ways that I do. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I, Here's the thing. I think I'm going to sound like I'm, I mean, it might just come down to the fact that I just didn't really like it because uh, I think Joe Dante is a really talented horror comedy director. Like that's sort of his thing. He's always sort of um, done that and done it 
respectably well. And the movie looks good. The effects are really effective, <laughs> for lack of a better word. I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> oh, man, that was nerdy. Um, so, like, it's pretty gruesome and, it, like, believably so. I don't think that it's schlocky. Um, and I can respect the movie for that. I can respect um, Joe Dante for what he did in that. Um, I never found it funny. What did you find funny about it? Well, okay, I, I the funny I, I found it trying to be funny. I what I find in a lot of these movies, um, and even what I think Mystery Science Theater really riffs on a lot is it, it's the side things that happen. It's the things that happen that are throwaway gags. Um, like, um, I mean, a lot of it is a it's a dark humor. And I mean, you just have like, for instance, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the um, when when the Mogwais have kind of hatched and they're coming <laughs> upstairs, and you have on the record player, "Do you hear what I hear?" Playing. Mom, mom, Billy, where? Do you hear what I? It is such a no. I thought, yeah, it's just it, it's effective. It, that is horror comedy in a nutshell, right there, because it's creepy. Mm-hmm. But it's creepy because it's playing off of this sort of very sweet Christmas song, but yeah. giving it a whole new context uh-huh. that's completely horrific. <laughs> I, I will, I will say, I thought that scene really worked, it, and, and I, then, I, I enjoyed. And that then part. the the way that it just kind of intensely moves into intense violence just intensely switches completely to where you're yeah. just, it's brutal you're throwing things in the microwave did you see ever see dead alive the peter jackson movie? i've seen parts of it like I've you didn't seen... think that was funny it's the yeah, same I'm, kind of thing i mean I, that really I mean, is the like same i said i haven't seen the whole thing okay um i saw the scene where he like attacks the room with the lawnmower that's dead alive right yes yeah um, but I mean, aside from those, which are actually part of kind of the the main plot, or if you were explaining gremlins, those are the big things. It's about these gremlins. You've got these sort of side characters that just say the stupidest stuff. That's so funny. Um, I forget what Miss Deagle says, but she says something she's going to do to the dog at the very beginning. Oh, and yeah. this guy's in the bank and he just be behind her goes, yep, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you've got like the, the crazy, um, the, the the crazy neighbor? older guy that talks about how the gremlins being in the and you've always got that character in foreign, in those movies. how he hates foreign cars yeah, and stuff. he hates foreign cars it's just this quirky character that made me laugh and then when he get, get the tv to go he just says we should have gotten a zenith which yeah, is thought, just like such a crazy 84 reference but yeah and then there's like a scene i'm just kind of listing off a bunch of scenes that were funny to me mm-hmm. and they really they're they're so quick you know but there was the scene where the the two sheriffs are they're kind of they're drunk which is kind of weird but they're driving a police car drunk and then the one guy says um you always get to drive and the response from the chief is, or the sheriff is because i'm the sheriff asshole like, like it's just such a funny thing to say i don't remember that line yeah. but the other stuff you're saying i do remember and i remember it being like i'm fine with it all i i did like that stuff i i don't know as you're as you're saying it i did like that stuff we should also mention that the deputy is jonathan banks okay who is Mike from Breaking Bad? And he no was, way you didn't notice that. And he's also in How Beverly Hills know? Cop. Come on, you saw him in Beverly Hills Cop. He's the guy who kills the guy. Oh, I know that. I guess I just he did he just look that different? He must not have looked. He had hair. 
maybe that's it. You seriously didn't recognize did not, him. Oh my god! As this soon is, as he was, you've got to watch both of these is, movies. This again. is almost as bad as you not seeing Karate Kid. And, no, this uh, is worse. This is worse. I well, just trying to. I think reestablish my dominance. <laughs> but going back to Gremlins, one sure. thing I will say to your credit is, I think where the movie's really trying to be funny, it often falls flat. Oh, does it ever? Jeez, I, I, that I'll, scene in the bar—that is, yeah—you could I was, cut that whole thing. <laughs> So they're in the bar. They're in the bar, and it's just one gag after another of just really bad. Like I think it's kind of these uh, the the puppeteers and the special effects guys saying, "What can we make these guys do that'll be you know zany, zany and, and uh, cartoony?" So, so we have a Ray Charles Gremlin. We yeah. have a Footloose Gremlin. We have um. The, Wait, uh, Grem- there couldn't have been a Footloose Gremlin. Footloose came out in well. He's wearing like leg warmers and doing like dances. Did you not? Might remember? have been flash dance. That was it then. Footloose getting, came out in 1984. I'm losing. I'm, if Gremlins was referencing Footloose. Footloose was based upon Gremlins. Is certainly of the time. Oh. <laughs> so f- Gremlins referencing Flash, Flash Dance, then Footloose is almost like a spinoff movie. What if that dancing Gremlin wasn't a Gremlin, but he was He a, was actually a, a, a kid who a moves counter, into a, a town. Anti-authoritarian and, yes. teenage boy. Which is kind of what the Gremlins are. Anti-authoritarian. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Anyways, light socket electrocution happens in this uh, bar scene. We've got them smoking three cigarettes. Yep, riding a ceiling fan, trench coat flashing. Oh yeah, they're that naked. Was so... <laughs> they're naked all the time. That but... one was funny to me because it's so bad. I rolled my. That eyes. is so bad. It's funny. If, if, I'm talking about this scene where Kate, that's her name, right? The girl, yep. and she's behind the bar, and the gremlins don't wear clothes. But there's one but wearing, there's a, one trench wearing coat a trench coat only to show her. that he can flash her. Like he basically unbuckles his trench coat and shows off his naked gremlin body. Wall. Even though everybody else is naked. It, <laughs> Ski mask burglary. That there's yeah, a that's right. Gremlin, even though they've already broken into this bar, this yeah. one gremlin decides to put a ski mask on. And, and yeah, armed robbery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's terrible. Oh, it's so tedious. But that, that scene. to me is where it's so bad. It's good. That is it, no. It's, that's you bad. Don't... That's just bad. For those times, and here's the thing: if it had never had those scenes where it was clever, and if it had never had those scenes where it was written well, and everything was like that, then you can say that the movie is so bad it's good. But because they showed us that they can do genuinely funny things, it's to me unforgivable to show a scene that's just filler somebody will laugh at some point if we just throw everything into it yeah i guess in a way i kind of go back i've never to... been a fan of over the top i guess <laughs> and i love it <laughs> not the not the sylvester stallone arm either wrestling one. movie either i've one. never seen that <laughs> i actually haven't either i'm just i'm assuming i would love it <laughs> i bet you would i bet you would <laughs> i think one of the most terrible scenes and i mean this in a lovingly ironic i actually ironic postmodern no 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 sorry sorry for throwing out the word hipster do not do not accuse me of that because i am sorry i didn't mean you are a hipster i mean the ironic post you're gonna say that anyone who loves gremlins no for what it is is a hipster because i don't even know what it is the thing is i think that one of the most terrible but in a way, in a, in a in a way for what it is, successful <laughs> scenes because it's so bad is when Kate, out of nowhere, tells her story of her dad. <laughs> it was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire, and that's when I noticed the smell. 
firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> it's just, it's out of nowhere. Has nothing to do with the movie. Never. No, she had said she hates Christmas early on. And she never said why. But even her hating Christmas really doesn't have anything to do with the movie. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? It like, doesn't. It was. She could have loved Christmas and the movie would have been no different. Yeah, I. You're right. I don't know why they did that. And she says something which is also a very funny in a B-movie sort of way where she kind of says, gosh, if you don't celebrate President's Day, no one cares, but you don't celebrate Christmas and everyone <laughs> throws a fit or something like yeah. that, you know? And then it doesn't, then nothing is said about that until she tells the story, <laughs> she of tells the story. how her dad died in the chimney. <laughs> now, but is it supposed to be funny? I don't think so. Do you ever have this experience where you watch some movies and you don't really know how you feel about them? In fact, you don't even know if you like them. And it's not until you think a little bit later, a couple days ago, you remember a few scenes and you kind of chuckle to yourself and you're like, oh, I guess I kind of did like that movie. You know, does yeah. that ever happen? Or maybe it's not even a comedy, yeah. but just movies that you think about more. And the more you think about them, the more you sort of yes. grow, they grow in your estimation. Yes. That scene was one that I was just thinking about to myself. And I just started kind of chuckling because I was like, that seems so ridiculous and funny to me. And I don't know if it's intentionally funny, but that's how a lot of these B-movie type things work is they're not intentionally funny and it just makes it so funny. This is what Mystery Science Theater thrives off of. The only difference with Mystery Science Theater is they basically put you in the audience. Well, they're and- trying to be funny. I'm laughing at their jokes. I'm not laughing at the movie. I'm laughing at what they're saying about the movie. If a movie is unintentionally funny... It's know, not to the movie's credit. Unless I think that movie is trying to do that and succeeds <laughs> on that. Wait, so intentionally being unintentionally funny? Yes, in a way. Go with me here. Uh, okay. okay, I will go with you. Okay, let's talk about a recent movie that tried to do this and I think failed. Sharknado was basically trying to do this. I can't speak to that. I haven't seen Sharknado. I've seen Sharknado. Didn't really care for it. Okay, because that movie was too self-aware. It really never was funny. It's trying too hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's tricky about a movie like Gremlins is because I think because it's produced by Steven Spielberg, it's got a decent budget. You know that this is a movie that has intention behind it. Okay. Yeah. And so I think if you know from the beginning that this movie is intentionally trying to be something um, like a witty sort of B movie, um, it, it has to write a fine line. If it tries too hard, it fails. That's what I'm trying to say because mm-hmm. it's too in on the joke. Yeah. You know, A good movie, I think, that can do this is Gremlins because an example of it is Gremlins because it not only does that sort of referential kind of humor, but it's also throwing in some real innovation, some real creativity. Gremlins is a better movie than a so bad it's good movie. I, I don't... You know, I'm not putting it into, it doesn't occupy the same space in my head as those movies like Sharknado that, that leans on that and says like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Our script can be weak. Our acting can be bad. Our directing can be uninspired. And if anybody says anything, it was never supposed to be good. Right. I think think, that's garbage. I think that you're saying it better than I am that that's what's, that's what makes this movie different is it doesn't lean on that. It's something different altogether. It's bringing something new to the table with this. Which is why I guess I'm, I'm not enjoying you bringing that into this argument. Um, because I don't think that the movie is that, um, 
I think where it's bad, it's just bad. And where it's good, it's good. And the fact that it is good in spots makes me dislike the bad parts all the more. Well, let me, let me ask you something. This is a movie released in June, mm -hmm. set at Christmas time. Well, it was supposed to be released at Christmas time. Well, I mean, I don't know, I guess. It was. So, but either, either way, it's certainly not a movie that's going to give you that heartwarming Christmas sensation that a no. lot of Christmas movies do. Well, I actually wrote down an anti-Christmas movie, Christmas movie. Sure. Even though it sort of follows the arc. Well, not really. But there are a lot of places where it parallels or references um, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, and they even show a scene from It's a Wonderful right. Life in there, so I think that's intentional. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, absolutely, I think it's intentional. But I guess my question is, why do you think it had the popular appeal it did? Because on the surface of it, to me, it seemed like it would have been a surprise hit. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, put the Christmas aside, we're talking about a movie that starts with cuddly gremlins, or Mogwai, you know, Mogwai cuddly, cute gizmo. And that's really, um, I think I had mentioned this earlier, that's really what the trailers were even sort of mm -hmm. pitching this as, was a cute E.T. follow-up movie. Right. Um, and then, but this movie, is it appealing to kids? Is it appealing to adults? What is this movie? Who is this movie made for? Yeah. I think it's very, um, it, it's, it's got a high estimation of the people who will like Gremlins because it's a, if you, if you didn't know that this was going to be a hit, you, you would think that this would be a movie that would have actually a very niche audience. Nowadays, even then, I mean, who was this? Really I don't know about then. Do you know about then? I, well, I was one year old. Beverly Hills Cop. Well, oh, so you did live through it. I did live through it. I've got a little bit more wisdom than you do about this <laughs> situation. So hear me out here. <laughs> okay, I was part of an adult at that time, though. <laughs> so I might have somewhere in my consciousness more insight than you. <laughs> That's true. Give me sort some of, time to tap into it. A surrogate consciousness. That right. Had. Whatever consciousness came through the umbilical cord, I've got As, somewhere in here. Right. So maybe you did see Gremlins originally. I, I bet I did Through not. the umbilical cord. Knowing my mother, I did not see okay. Gremlins. All right. Put that aside then. <laughs> I guess all I'm saying, though, is that this is a movie that I don't think had on the surface a very large appeal to it when you're just looking at the script and, you know, what the actual plot of this mm -hmm. movie was going to be or what it was even going to reference right um and then it becomes this huge cultural hit um and the movie is um in that way pretty brave to not shy away from some of the gruesome aspects if all it was trying to do was just make money you know yeah and well and 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 appeal to the largest audience possible i mean to me this does seem like a movie that was made from you know, it had integrity to it in the sense that it wasn't watering down anything um, to try to appeal to more people. Well, you, you think maybe it was watering down the humor? Is that what you think it was? Or Well, it, made, it tried to make the humor more overt. Because, like you said, there are these elements that are funny, mm -hmm. that are throw... Like, you called them throwaway lines. Um, but then they've got that long... How long was that scene in the bar? That's pretty long. And then, like, well, that just whole the that nature whole feel, of the gremlins—that is the whole sort of last third of the movie. Is yeah, that feel. I mean, it's basically you've got the. I can kind of separate it as you've got the the cutesy buildup. Yeah. Then you've got the true horror uh -huh. of when they actually hatch. Right. And that actually is very effective. Oh yeah. There's that scene. I don't mean to sidetrack. Don't you but, remember my awesome? The effects were effective. Line. And they were truly special effective. Specially but, effective, yes. 
even in in the day and i mean what i love about it was what they were doing with what they had mm-hmm. even i love that there's that scene when there's that terror of when they all drop into the pool yeah and the camera pulls back and it's just this bubbling mm-hmm. because you know that water is what makes them multiply and they yes. just and you just drop these guys into a pool yeah. where can you get more water than that you know yeah. so you can't you can't the but they didn't have does. you know they didn't have computer effects or any they didn't even have a huge puppet to have rise i mean tons of puppets or anything basically they just did that shot and it was very effective yeah by having fog and lights and a bubbling pool yeah and pulling the camera back i mean it was very cool i guess in that in in that sense of things and that was where the true horror was yeah and then then you move into the the, the final third of the movie where it just kind of gets really zany yeah and i don't think they really even knew how to wrap up how they were going to actually get rid of these gremlins. So somehow they corral them all into a theater watching Snow White yeah. and blow it up. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, to me, it's terrible, but great. That's you know? not, I, none of the stuff you're naming is, is a problem I have with the movie. I've, I've already said that I think the effects were effective. <laughs> I'll go even a step further. I'll say the effects were terrific. Uh-huh. Um, I already said Joe Dante is a really good horror director. The fact that there were so many elements that worked makes me so frustrated with the elements that were such a miss and that they were such a part of the movie, such a big part of the movie. It does kind of go off the rails. I will give you that. It's. I think then it's kind of like, do you, you could make an argument. Do you stick that with that train to... going off the rails, or do you kind of say, "Hey, this is I need to hey, get train, back, get back need, on get those back rails, on those, <laughs> get back on those rails." I get, and I, I did not jump off the rails with that train and that train did not listen to my pleas. Do you think that, and I haven't seen the second one. Um, oh gosh. But do you think that the second one you might like better? No. Because it's even from what I understand, it's a little bit more even intentional and in it's comedy, I guess. No, then no. You think it would still fall? I think it'd be worse. <laughs> I guess that's true. Do you yeah. think that the studio looked at the movie and said, we want a sequel, but cut out the zaniness no, I know that it's more zany. No, I don't want to see it. But I thought maybe if that was what it was from the beginning and no. you knew what you were getting into. No. no, then I would have been I would have been disconnected immediately if that's how it was. I've got no patience for zaniness. I found out apparently I found out that I'm I'm apparently pretty straight-laced. I've I've, I've learned <laughs> oh, You just found this I've out. Learned that about myself. <laughs> I'm pretty particular and strict <laughs> with uh yeah so i mean even though that i did have this very visceral feeling that i kind of just really enjoyed watching gremlins even on that level there were aspects of it that that i thought were lacking the biggest one being billy he's such a (laughs) dull character it might be intentional but i just think that um he's he's, a plot point yeah and he doesn't even respond at all to anything i'm sure that is intentional but I don't really see the point in that. Having your protagonist protagonist not respond in any sort of way. Yeah, the, Billy was a flat, dull character. Um, I guess I didn't notice that until... You, I mean, I did, but it didn't strike me as terrible. Like, for me, he was just there to carry Gizmo around. Well, the reason I thought about it, actually, was because I was thinking about other horror comedies. And... The comedy yeah. in all of those movies comes from your protagonist. Yeah, from that. So whether it's outsized. Ghostbusters and it's the actual Ghostbusters mm-hmm. or whether it's Army of Darkness and it's Ash, yeah. you know, like that's where the comedy comes from. Right. This guy's got no personality. Yeah, So there's no comedy coming from him. I do think that it's that one different thing about this movie, whether you like it or not, is is that 
all the comedy comes from the evil. Mm. Mm. Wait, what? Well, in Ghostbusters, <laughs> you know, in Ghostbusters, the comedy is coming from the protagonist's response to the evil. Yeah. But it's basically whether it's, you know, um, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of comedy with Slimer. But um, yeah, but he's not evil. Well, yeah, exactly. He's not really the evil character. The evil characters are just evil. Yeah. Even in Army of Darkness, I'm trying to remember. I don't think there's really funny Mm-mm. skeletons or, you know, um, the comedy comes from the way the protagonists interact with whatever the evil character is in the movie. Yeah. In this movie, what is different is that the actual, they're trying to pull the comedy out of the monsters, out of the villains, out of, and maybe that's where you don't think it succeeds really is just that it doesn't work that way. The horror is actually lightened. Let the horror be horrifying. Let the comedy come from. Yeah. And in this case, maybe that is, you can't pull the comedy from. Thank you for making my argument. (laughs) You're going to have to pull it from the gremlins. And, I could see that I I will actually concede that that could be a weakness of the film. Actually, you conceded to your own point. Well, I conceded to my point being your interpret the interpretation <laughs> of your weak your your perceived weakness Thank of the you. movie. Thank you. <laughs> if someone were to have that interpretation of Gremlins and they didn't like it because they didn't like the fact that it didn't seem to know where the comedy was supposed to come from, that it was supposed to be. I mean, you can't have the Gremlins be both scary and Ray and Charles fun. on a piano. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I also think it kind of works. It only kind of works because of the way there's that shift where at the beginning Mm. you don't really know what these gremlins are like and they're just kind of scary. And then they do make that shift towards the more comedy type of thing. And they do sort of lessen in their evil and their scariness at that point. Yeah, that's a a great point that you made for me. Um, But I I think you're absolutely right that that it's sort of disjointed in that way that should we be scared of them? Should we laugh at them? When do we know to be scared? When do we know, like, we'll laugh until they try to, they pull out a gun? But, oh, nope, we're still laughing, even though they've got the gun. And it, it, it doesn't work on any deep level. One thing that I did like about the concept of the movie was what Steven Spielberg did, I think it was a couple of years earlier, Poltergeist, I think, came out earlier, where he brought, he used his pull in Hollywood to bring a director... Uh, Toby Hooper had done Texas Chainsaw Massacre and said, let's see what this guy can do with a mainstream horror movie. That one, Spielberg ended up taking the reins on a lot of that, even though Toby Hooper got the directing credit. Um, But then with this one, Joe Dante Mm -hmm. had done, uh, you know, Piranha was one of his movies. Yeah. Um, The Haunt, The Howling was another horror movie. The Howling was the one that Spielberg had seen. Right, and and loved. That basically was what he saw and said, I want this guy to do this movie. Yeah. I just want to say that I love that Steven Spielberg did that. He took his uh, clout and didn't just say, you know, I want to, whatever, make my movies. He, He took directors that he saw were doing interesting things and said, let's see what they can do with a mainstream script and inject some life into blockbusters. Yeah which I think is great. And I wondered if you can think of anybody that's doing anything like that. You've got this, sorry, before you answer, let me, I don't have let an me answer. answer. I, you've got the idea of Christopher Nolan being given the Batman movies. That mm-hmm. was kind of unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, that opened the doors for, you know, I'd say John Favreau to do Iron Man, Joss Whedon to do Avengers, to the benefit of all those movies, I sure. think. Um, yeah. But Nolan, Favreau, and... <laughs> Whedon have, are pretty established. Sure. Granted, they didn't have a 
blockbuster. They were taking already established directors and just putting them on a project that putting them on a grander scale. Yeah, I I I love, and that's one of the things I want to give Gremlins credit for, and made me want to uh, be more forgiving to it is that it was crazy for them to do that. It's one of the reasons I love Steven Spielberg. I don't know, like he's such a popular I, director that it's easy to just yeah. knee jerk. No, I think that dislike him, but I, I have a million pounds of respect. Honestly, if you're our age, whether you know it or not, you are deeply, deeply influenced by Steven Spielberg. Yes, absolutely. Even if you're not a heavy film watcher, you know, mm-hmm. your interpretation of film language, the way films should work, yep. comes from Spielberg. Film story, modern film storytelling yes. has been shaped by Spielberg. Yeah. Even my remembrance of what childhood is like is shaped, is shaped by, by Spielberg. Spielberg. Exactly. Steven, if you're listening, <laughs> I love your work. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, that is one thing that I, I wanted to say that I, I really appreciate about Gremlins. Okay. So, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we went into this not having seen Gremlins, even though uh-huh. everyone else in the world has seen it. Yeah. And um, we can finally join the club. Yes. And we've talked about it. And I think that uh, surprisingly, this actually turned out to be an episode yeah. much like our other episodes where we our, actually yeah. disagreed quite a bit on this movie. We can't even depart from form. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily saying I love this movie. You're not necessarily saying you hate this movie, I don't think. No. Well, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie but I don't think you're saying it's a great movie. Yeah, I think that's fair. You you connected with it and you enjoyed it. You were along for the ride that it was trying to take you on. I just, there were parts of it that kind of took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's fine. I think you're right. The things that you liked about it, you're right about. And I think the things I didn't like about it, I'm, you're, I'm right about. You're not wrong about. Okay, jeez. <laughs> thought for one second you were going to be generous. But what I want to know is, I want to know, because we're coming at this fresh, a lot of our listeners have grown up with this movie. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what they have to say about yeah. Gremlins. So if you are listening to this, I know you're going to have something to say about mm-hmm. your experience watching Gremlins as a child, growing up with it, and your memory of it. Yeah. So please, please, please. Definitely. You know, let us know what you what, what you remember of Gremlins, what you think about it now, how you think it holds up if you rewatched it. Give us an email feedback at canwestillbefriends.net comment on our Facebook page on our website canwestillbefriends.net like you said um, hit us on Twitter or leave us a voicemail Nate do you have the number on that? I do yes it's 847-306-9532 and you can just call and leave us a message about what you remember of Gremlins yeah. or any of the other movies of 1984 even I would be tremendously interested to hear what it was like to see this as a child um, also uh do us a favor, leave us a rating on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes. That's the best thing you can do for us right now. Yes. Um, there are also, you know, the Stitcher app, the Swell app, different ways to listen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate any way you've chosen to listen to us. Uh, and we've loved, loved, loved uh, talking to people through all the various ways we've uh, mentioned. Um, it's really fun to hear how you guys are engaging with this. Yeah, so um, Ryan, do you want to go ahead and tell us what we're going to be, what's going to be in store for people in our next episode of Can We Still Be Friends? Yeah, this next one I think is going to be interesting. And I think, uh, speaking of discussion and engagement, I think there's going to be a lot on this one. There already has been in the world at large. But we're going to be discussing, kind of sticking with this anniversary theme, um, 20 years ago in May, uh, Pulp Fiction premiered at Cannes. And then uh, it 
was released in the U.S. in September. So we are not going to discuss Pulp Fiction specifically because we do not disagree on that. Right. This is a movie that, you know, for the most part, we both really like. Yes. So. Um, we're going to be discussing, in general, Quentin Tarantino. Um, we, we have sort of different views on where his value lies right. and what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. Um, and without giving too much away, uh, that's going to be the nature of the discussion. For the next episode, watch as much Tarantino as you can because we're going to probably be talking about as many movies as we can fit into one episode. Join us for it, and thanks a lot for listening. Yes, thanks.